I'm putting this part at the beginning for two reasons. One, because the Dayquil is actually kicking in now. And I can breathe through my nose a little bit. And the other reason is uh, just a short explanation of my own agnosticism and how I arrived at that point might clarify some parts of this. Like I ask, you know, in a few minutes as you're listening, what would you do if you were God? Well, I've gone a little deeper than what I talk about, you know, in the next part of the recording. Let's say you're creating these humans and maybe you're not quite as omniscient or omnipotent as maybe the Bible believes God is. But you still want a way to communicate with your creations a little bit. At least give them some kind of guiding light through this world. I believe that's what the conscience is for. I believe that's why that's built into us. Now, maybe it is a connection with God where God's actually looking through our eyes and saying, look, see that? That is awful. That shouldn't be happening. Do something about it. Or, in a much darker scenario, look at that. You know this is wrong. Stop doing it. Or maybe it's just some programming that whatever creator made us put into us so that when we see something that's horrific, murder, rape, assault, even just torturing animals, that would be a way to put something in place that even if there is something like the Bible, a flawed writing that's not accurate, that's falsely attributed to whatever it is that created us. There's a voice that's not filtered through any compromised person or source that actually conveys the true will of whatever it is that made us. Now, obviously, there's, there's a fine line You don't want to make this voice too loud because basically then you'd be giving us all the answers. It's got to be something of a quiet voice, something that if you want to, you can push it to the background. Suppress it or squelch it entirely. So that gives him some influence, him or her. But it also puts the ball in our court. And I think that might be the perfect solution to find out who's really good, who's really evil, who's really making an effort. Again, if I were God, why would I create people? My guess, and this is just a guess, Maybe it's out of loneliness. Now, obviously, if you create a being from nothing, from computer code, from whatever, and it knows you're God the whole time, and it knows exactly what you want, maybe that's the only reason it's doing what you would consider the right thing. 
that compromises the whole situation because if you're looking to solve that loneliness by bringing a being into existence, well, it's not going to fix that loneliness problem if it's just a fully programmed reflection of yourself. We need to grow and change and become something different. Become more than the sum of our parts. Become more than what went into making us. In order to provide some kind of companionship. So it would make sense to put some kind of clue in place some kind of guiding force. And it also makes sense that we have to work to follow it, to find it, to understand it. Obviously, I'm way out in the weeds here, trying to understand the nature of the universe and there's a better chance that I'm way off than there is that I'm actually on to anything. But that's okay. That's what it's all about. Anyway, here's the rest. Once again, you'll have to bear with me a little bit while I try to control 83 pounds of wild Siberian husky. I'm also getting over a cold. As a kid who grew up in Catholic school, I spent a lot of time thinking about the nature of God. And I spent some of that time thinking about what I would do if I were God and how I would feel about and approach the world. And I think nearly anyone who has contemplated the nature of God has at least taken a moment to think about what they would do if they were the creator. Especially with all those... Uh, omniscient and omnipotent powers. But mostly, I thought about how I would perceive my own creations. How I would feel about and deal with my humans that I had created. Possibly in my own image, possibly in some other image. Possibly in the image of random evolutionary chance. That's the thing about the unknowable. He gets a little upset if, uh, if we slow down. So the first question is, what would you do if you saw that your creations, the humans, were distributing a text with a lot of intentions and, and wishes and even commands attributed to you that you never asked for?
that you never said. I mean, literally, your creations are, well, putting words in your mouth to manipulate your other creations. Me, personally, I would have a problem with that. But it could be we have a non-interventionist God that uh, just lets these things play out. Like I said, unknowable. If it were me, though, if I was God, I'd be pretty uncomfortable with anyone, even my creations, attributing things to me that I didn't say. The next question is, how would you feel about the other humans that follow these falsely attributed writings? And there's not just one answer to that. Personally, if it involved just following some harmless ritual, like not eating meat on Friday, not working on Sunday, giving things up for Lynn, things like that, I might think it was a little silly. But people can only work with the information they're given, and by doing these things, they're not hurting anyone. Next question. How would you feel about, well, those of your humans who follow the falsely attributed writings that do prescribe damaging other people, whether it means ostracizing them, just plain bad-mouthing them, insulting them, beating them, excluding them, exiling them, killing them, maybe wiping out their entire, well, their entire people. From the most minimally harmful thing, like simply insulting someone, all the way up to killing. Personally, I'd be pissed. Because the thing is, I would hope my creations were smart enough to know which writings are suspect and which ones aren't. Which, it's really easy, actually, considering these are passed down by humans. They're all suspect. It's a well-documented thing that there are multiple passages in the Bible that were added, taken out, and altered based on the agenda of whoever it was that was transcribing or translating the Bible at well, the place and time that they were doing it in. Does that mean the whole thing is false? Of course not. But it does throw the entire text into question. And that's ignoring the much larger question of did these writings come from God in the first place? And as much as people with faith like to say that it is possible, no one can credibly say that it is. There's nothing wrong with having faith and maybe even believing most or all of it actually did come from God. But growing up, I knew plenty of people who practiced their faith in a way that didn't hurt anyone. And these people were perceived by those around them 
as being good Catholics. Plenty of people were able to be perceived as good Catholics and perceive themselves as good Catholics. And I'm sure if there is some kind of deity up there, I'm sure it perceived that person as a, a good Catholic as well. I imagine if you ask any of those people why they specifically follow the parts of the Bible and catechisms and whatever other guidance and interpretations they are given, if you ask them why they followed the parts specifically that don't hurt other people, while not really spending a lot of time following those parts that do, I'm sure they would all answer with a very similar thing, maybe even the exact same thing, which is, judge not, lest ye be judged. Which kind of supersedes all of the Old Testament stuff that prescribes a whole lot of killing. A very popular interpretation of the Bible is that in the New Testament, we have a kinder, gentler God who has reassessed his policies and his desires and his requirements for humans to be more hands-off and to be more lenient. There are even specific behaviors that were forbidden and maybe even punishable by death in the Old Testament that were perfectly acceptable in the New Testament. Homosexuality, however, is not one of them. There is nothing in the New Testament that contradicts Leviticus 18.22. And that means we basically have a verse that prescribes killing people that still stands, uncontradicted by the New Testament. A lot of priests have... Well, not told me directly, but I've listened to their podcasts and their YouTube videos and things like that where they've offered an interpretation of the Bible in the context of Leviticus 18.22 where they say, you know, sure, the church isn't going to honor a gay marriage uh, or perform one. And, of course, they're going to continue viewing that as a sin, but as far as actually taking violent action against gay people, these priests are very actively against these things. In fact, you would be hard-pressed to find one that would actually prescribe this outside of uh, churches like, you know, Westboro Baptist Church and, and the like. So just to recap, we have plenty of good Catholics who practice their faith and are considered good Catholics by themselves and others without doing any harm, number one. And number two, all the most popular interpretations of both the Old and New Testament, at least the modern interpretations, also prescribe a live-and-let-live policy to let God judge us at our final destination and to leave us alone until then.
that's a whole lot of precedent for just letting us be. And make no mistake about it, the Don't Say Gay Bill and Ken Paxton's witch hunt against trans kids and their parents, that most definitely does not qualify as letting us be. That bill will cause a lot of suicides and some homicides as well as a whole lot of needless suffering. So it definitely does not qualify as letting us be. So what's my point with all this? Uh, my point is, not letting us be is not something that's motivated by religion. Not any modern interpretation of it. Maybe some older, more draconian interpretations that are not prescribed by any, any diocese that I've ever heard of. Or any church outside the crazy ones like Westboro Baptist. The motivation is not religious. It's political and it's hate. However, I will allow for a small percentage of people who actually do take this actively harmful approach to us, the LGBTQ community, I will allow for a, a small percentage of people being actually driven by religion. In order for that to be true, though, those people would have to believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that every word of the Bible, the Old Testament, is accurate and that it came from God and that that's what God actually wants. The arrogance of that is astounding. Even knowing that there are many inconsistencies in the Bible and documented proof of the fact that parts have been added, taken away, and altered, These people are betting big. They're betting their souls because, as I said earlier, if I was God and I saw people hurting and killing each other over things that I never asked for, well, it would definitely be time for some of my wrath. Maybe I would wait until they're final resting place, or maybe, maybe I would step in. Maybe I'd be subtle. But wrath would be involved. If that was something that I, as the creator, didn't ask for and didn't want, and yet they were doing it anyway, well, think about it for a minute. I'm the creator. I'm pretty smart maybe even omniscient or even omnipotent. So it would not be the least bit difficult for me to discern what people's actual motivations are for the things that they do.
And wow, if there's anyone who actually takes actions like this and doesn't come from a place of religion and religion and some kind of dedication to me, the creator, is the excuse for it. Oh, holy shit, you'd have one angry God. These would be people betting big, betting their soul, and losing everything. Personally, I'm agnostic. I think there is something out there, but anything that comes from other people, it's just too suspect. It's too unreliable for that to be my source of faith. But I think maybe there is something. And whatever it is, I feel pretty strongly that it's not okay with this. But that doesn't mean I don't have a specific source of faith, I do. Because when I see things like the war in Ukraine, the video of George Floyd being killed, the video of Ahmad Arbery being killed, there's something in me that says this is wrong. Something that, that cries out, something that gets really upset in seeing these things. Something inside me, and I think in most people, sees these things and finds them to be completely unacceptable. And whatever that is, it's built in. It's not something that I learned because all the way back to my very earliest memories, anytime I saw someone or any creature being hurt, being run over by a car, being killed, tortured by other kids, all the, the awful things that we see in the course of existing in this world. From my very earliest memories, that part of me was outraged at seeing these things, anguished at seeing these things. And I know most people feel something similar. In order to do things like institute the don't say gay bill, to fight against hate crime legislation, especially after a case like Matthew Shepard, to be Tucker Carlson's guests, the lawyers and, and authors that represented Matthew Shepard's killers. In order to do these kinds of things, you have to ignore that part of yourself that cries out in anguish when it sees something evil, when it sees someone being hurt, killed, attacked, maimed for no reason. You have to ignore that voice because that voice really wants to stop you. It really does. 
and it wants to push you into action to stop anyone else from doing the same. Which is what makes it so ironic for anyone who really is driven by some kind of religious fervor to hurt people like me. Because I believe that part of us, that part of us that gets so upset when it sees atrocity, if we've ever heard the voice of God, I think that's it. I think in those moments where that part of us cries out, those are the moments where we actually do get to have a conversation with God. And it's just ridiculous. That's the one direct connection that we have, that we can rely on that's not filtered through any other compromised source. It's inside us where no one else can compromise it unless we compromise it ourselves. Now, maybe my logic is, is flawed in all this, but I don't think it is. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if you want to serve God, you don't do it by ignoring him or her the one time that he or she actually speaks directly to you. And that's all I'm saying.